This is the Morning Sports Desk for Friday, November 17th. Corey, after many, 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 many games, the high school fall sports broadcasting season for us comes to a close. Why did you say Friday like Foghorn Leghorn? Uh, it's a there's a bit from a from a vine that I saw a long time ago that I need to show you off air for uh, for that reason. So that was just an inside joke with yourself. That was an inside the, joke with myself. Yes. You said I do well. Well, well I, I do declare it's Friday. I say I say I say I say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I'm yeah, fair I'm enough. game for off air vines. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll show it to you. I can't I can't put it on the air. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yesterday wrapped up. Yeah, our fall sports. Fifty two games in like. 70, let's see, 75, Monday, 76, Tuesday, 78 days. I like the on-air math. Well, you know, do you count the Monday? Do you not count? I could never remember. If you're Garfield, you never count the Monday. Well, that's a good point. A a lot of fall sports and officially came to a close yesterday uh, with Ottertail Central losing to Nevis in that state semifinal. And uh, I guess... This is my perspective, CJ. Obviously, you were there. I will let you take the reins on this. But the the main takeaway from that game is that Nevis is awesome, man. That defense is legit Holy for buckets. Nevis. Uh, well, uh, I know that the interview played yesterday on the sports desk, and it played in the pregame show, too, talking with Nevis Tigers head coach Sean Klemek. And, w- like, very first question I asked him, I'm like, what's the identity of this year's Nevis football team right away? Well, it's our defense. And... They came to play. They pitched a shutout in a state semifinal game. They got yeah. three interceptions. I mean, they just they did a good job. They were everywhere. Now, it's not to take anything away from OTC. I thought the, the final score was 35 nothing. So you're going to look at this and maybe think that it was kind of over from the get-go, but it really wasn't. Those two teams were slugging it out for most of the first half. Yes. Just going back and forth, and no offense could really get anything going. And I mentioned it on the air, and I said, you know, this might come down to just which team can get a big play. And just kind of, whether it's by design, whether it just kind of happens for them, how one team is going to get a big play, and it's kind of going to propel one team forward. And it happened to be Nevis. Uh, The running back, Clemick, gets the ball on a jet sweep, and instead of continuing to run, he stays uh, horizontally square with that line of scrimmage and throws about a 20-yard dart to get them inside the red zone or right on the verge of the red zone. They were able to put it in the end zone on a great catch. Uh, by the wide receiver's name is escaping me, but it was a it was a great throw by the quarterback Lewis of Nevis, and it was to that back corner of the end zone. He does a great job, like corralling it, getting a foot down. And uh, in U.S. Bank Stadium, this is an interesting thing, Corey, because they have the infrastructure of cameras set up. They can do replay. Now, coaches don't get to challenge, but officials can do an official replay at any time, and they reviewed the play, and they they didn't show the replay during the review, but they show like a replay after. Like, just in the instant, like, hey, here was the last play. And it looked like a touchdown. It was a great haul-in. And then, so it was 6 nothing. OTC has to punt uh, late in the second quarter, and Nevis drives down the field. There's time for one more play of the first half. It's like a fourth down. OTC just needs to prevent, like, a 20-yard touchdown, a 15-yard-ish touchdown, and they go into halftime only down a score. And... Nevis has a ball thrown to the end zone. It gets deflected by either a Nevis wide receiver's arm or by Ottertail Central getting a hand in the passing lane, and you think that's it. As the ball falls to the turf, uh, 
believe AJ Bessler just grabs the ball for Nevis before it's able to hit the purple turf and just grabs it. The officials initially mark it dead, saying that the ball hit the ground first, but upon further review, and that's where that instant replay comes in huge, and I'm glad that they have it for these huge games, they were able to get the call right. He ended up grabbing the ball before it hit the ground. Touchdown, two-point conversion. Nevis is up 14-0 at half, and then they come right out of the halftime break and get a touchdown, get up three scores. And and then OTC's in a tough spot because their offense is more power run. They want to eat up clock and, and do all that stuff. And, and it's great. Uh, they just kind of weren't necessarily in the best position. And that Nevis defense, just they're good. Sometimes you just run into a team that's also really good so and you would expect it to be a good team in your opponent in a state semifinal game now there was there there's there's always these questions that come up in in big games and it doesn't matter what level of sport uh uh but that question of did this team win it or did the other team lose it and and I did not feel at all like this was an indictment <laughs> on the ability of OTC. No, that is how good Nevis is. Exactly. I was trying. So my wife is a is a Henning alum, and so she was listening to a little bit of the game. And afterwards, like I got home, she got off work. Like we were talking, she's like, "So what like happened at the game?" She's like, "Did o- like what happened? Did you know like the same question you just asked? Did one team lose it? Did another team just win?" I was like, "I tried explaining a couple things that happened to the game, and then like at the end, I just grabbed it." Nevis is just a good football team, and sometimes you just run into yeah. them when you get down that far in the season. So this, Here's what happened. I played Kobe Bryant in a <laughs> one-on-one basketball game, and he beat me. I got a couple. Because he's, he's awesome. Right. He he's pickpocketed me about five times. I don't know what I'm supposed to do there. Did you like how I just compared my basketball skills straight across to OTC football skills? Yeah, I think you should apologize to to the OTC football program. I would like to just just to keep the record clean, I am not that good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's it. That's Sometimes that happens. Congratulations to Nevis, though. They get yeah. into the prep bowl. That's awesome. They're going to play Kingsland. Mm-hmm. That Kingsland-Fertile Beltrami game that took place before the OTC-Nevis game. Wild. Fun. Fun game to watch. Those two quarterbacks were just slinging it all over the field. The quarterback for Ferdo Beltrami, he just his entire game plan was get snap, run to the right side, run to the left side of the field, <laughs> run back to the right side and find a wide open guy who's just been running around. Right. And eventually it bit them because they threw an interception at the end of the game uh, that kind of killed their chances. But uh, that that was a fun game to watch. A very high scoring. It was thirty six twenty eight. So it, it'll be interesting to see if that Nevis Tiger defense can slow down the Kingsland Knights. That'll be that should be a fun little prep bowl on Saturday, ten o'clock kickoff, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. There is a story out right now in the high school league uh, uh, from John's Journal, John uh-huh. Malay, about Kingsland football. They had uh, a fifty-one game losing streak. Really? If you go from 2012 through 2016, they what? did not win a game. 51 losses straight. What? So that is kind of the turnaround that this Kingsland football team has seen. Also, I couldn't imagine that. It's I mean it's it's crazy stuff. Also, uh Kingsland has really changed their uh their like um demographics over the last number of years in 2002. I was a junior in high school, mm-hmm. and one of the teams from our conference was playing in the in the state tournament, and um, 
and we always like to go anyway, but since Norwood Young America was there, my dad and I went to go watch them, and they played this team, uh, Kingsland. And Kingsland beat the absolute pants off of Norwood Young America. They were a 2A school at that time. Really? This so, is in football? In football, yep. Okay. So they are uh, down to a... Um, uh, a class nine man. So that part has really changed. But also in that year, the fall of 2002, Kingsland, Rushford Peterson, and Plainview Elgin Millville, all out of the Three Rivers Conference mm-hmm. in Section 1, Southeastern Minnesota, they were all state champs that year. Really? That conference brought home three state titles. Rushford Peterson only had one loss on the year to 3A Plainview Elgin Millville. They were your Class A champs. Yep. Kingsland had two losses that season to Rushford Peterson, the Class A champ, and Plainview Elgin Millville, the 3A champ. And then Plainview Elgin Millville had no losses on the season and were the 3A champs. So they had three teams, three different classes, three state champs out of that one conference. (laughs) Wild. That'll do it. Crazy. Yeah, that was fun. So anyway, should be uh should be a, a fun game for at the very least. And demographics wise, or maybe geography wise, it's pretty fun. Nevis obviously being in the northern kind of third of the state, or the very southern part of the northern third yeah, of the exactly. state. And Kingsland being down in like basically Iowa. So it'll be kind of it, it's fun when you get to have those kind of things instead of two teams that are like within an hour of each other. To me, that is what the state tournament is all about. Like, I think it's super cool that OTC and Nevis got to play each other. They obviously didn't play during the season. Um, you know, especially when you consider Battle Lake in this. Battle Lake to Nevis is it's not close. But it would have been totally within the realm of possibility for Nevis and OTC to play during the year. Mm-hmm. And I think it's fun. This is the fun part about state tournament. I've, I've covered state tournaments. Happened in baseball a couple of years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, congratulations, Bertha Hewitt Verndale and New York Mills. You made state baseball play each other. In You've the, played each other every year cor- since you're eight years old. Now play each other in the state tournament. That's I, I don't. Uh, that's always kind of a bummer to me when that happens. I remember uh, a number of years ago, Verndale and Sabika played each other in a consolation final at the state volleyball tournament. Mm-hmm. Now they had to earn earn that yeah. spot to get there so but it, it's weird when to go all the way down there and now you got something on the line and you're just yeah you're playing against somebody you played since you were eight years old um this is the fun stuff you're just somebody from an entirely different part of the state i think that's cool yeah that's cool sports are cool that's pretty much sports it. are cool sports are cool uh hey Corey, anything uh else high school sports related otherwise there's an interesting little kind of uh uh, scandal that's broken out yeah. on Twitter, if you want to call it that. Uh, just very quickly with high school sports, they're, uh, um, the beginning stages of a winter sports broadcast schedule are uh, starting to fall into place. We are going to have that um, hopefully before Thanksgiving and what our plan is going to be for the entire winter, which feels weird to say. Yeah. But that's it. There we go. Uh, so this feud that's broken out on Twitter, this this clash of ideals, this litmus test, Ooh. this this uh, 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 I, I don't know. Uh, basically, every Twitter fight devolves into uh, there's just this GIF. It just says baby fights, uh, and that's pretty much what what most of the things on on X are resolved to now. But uh, so Charissa, uh, Clarissa, Tom, Charissa, Carissa, Carissa Thompson. There yep. you go. I I had. There were three different names. I picked the two wrong ones. Uh, Thompson. Uh, she works for Fox Sports and also Amazon. She was a sideline reporter, of course, most notably. And 
She said in an interview with Barstool, uh, here's the clip from Awful Announcing, which is the article that made the rounds. I made up my sideline reports sometimes at games. And this sent the internet ablaze because there's one side that's like, this just proves that sideline reporters are a useless position on the field. Like, what what do they even serve? They tell you things that anybody on their couch could have told you. Why are they down on the field? Why are they taking up a spot? Whatever, whatever, whatever. And then there's other people saying, how how dare she? What This is a profession yeah. that is serious and needs to be taken seriously to the point where CBS's main sideline reporter, Tracy Wolfson, slammed her on Twitter of like, don't like this is a disgrace. Some people are calling on her to, to like resign. Uh, uh, it's which, you know, again, goes to show you how crazy some of these debates get. But no one's ever uh, uh, taken a shortcut in their job before. No, never. Everybody else but Carissa Thompson does their their job 100 percent each and every single day. Everybody. It's the it's the uh, everybody needs to learn a lesson here, except when I need to learn the lesson. Yeah, that's kind of what this is devolved into. Uh, but so I guess just what's your take on it, Corey? Because my thing is, uh, I don't care. <laughs> that that is first and foremost. Yeah, that the first and foremost thing on all of this is I ju- it's not w- why this ended up being a thing. I I don't really know. Um, there's more to this. There's more to that story than her just making things up. Yeah, she goes on to say, or or before she gets to the part where she was making up sideline reports, mm-hmm. um, it's in it's specifically coming out of halftime. What did the coach have to say? Their team needs to do in the second half. Mm-hmm. So it was these halftime coming out of halftime reports, and she she preambles the whole thing by saying, "I've said this before, so it's not like people don't know about it." So it's uh, this has already been out in the world. One of the reasons people are mad is ridiculous. People are mad about it is because that they're just hearing about it for the first time. She shared the story multiple times, um, but she's a part of that job is to get to talk to a coach uh-huh. right at halftime, either going into or coming out of. And she goes, sometimes those coaches would just ghost me. I didn't get a chance. They would avoid me, or they would forget, or whatever happened, and I wasn't able to talk to the coach. And she said, I didn't think it was a big deal if I said, well, player X is having a really great game. We need to find a way to slow him down, and we need to do a little better job on third downs. Who am I offending by saying that? What coach wouldn't say that anyway? Right. She's not making up like, I was talking to the coach at halftime. He said player X stinks and is going to get benched if he doesn't fix it. It's the it's you could figure out everybody and their grandma can figure out what needs to happen in the second half just by looking at stats or I don't know watching the game in general. Right. There's just no uh, some of this stuff is is very silly. Right. And sideline reporting can be useful in some other aspects in terms of injuries. Like they're yeah. down on the field, they can like you know hear they can go down to the sideline. They can say player X is headed to the locker room because the play-by-play guy and the color commentator are worried about the actual game. Right. The sideline reporter's job is to report on what's going on on the sideline. Parts of that can be useful, but yeah, in terms of those or like when they do halftime interviews of basketball games or or even playoff baseball games, stuff like that. Right. It, it looks interesting, but they're. There's not any substance to them. There is nobody. I I will. I'm gonna. I'll go on record. I don't know. Whatever. And say like. I think those jobs are cool. And they like they exist. It's it's 
they're fine. I have nothing against those jobs. Some people really think they're ridiculous. Like, look at that hot little number on this. She's only there because she's good looking. And I don't think that's that's not that's a part of the job, but that's not everything. Everybody on job. TV is good looking, turns out. Right, exactly. The um, There's legitimacy to that job. But also everyone, including people like Carissa Thompson and Aaron Andrews, like they, they know what that job is mm-hmm. too. It's okay. It's okay. I gotta go. There we go. This has been the morning sports desk for Friday, November seventeenth. I say, I say.